Wildling Press presents How Do I Book? Welcome to How Do I Book by Wildling Press. We like to chat about book writing, book publishing, book marketing, and of course, book reading. We're trying to help new and experienced authors develop their craft, widen their perspectives, and learn to get a little wild every once in a while. I'm Christina, and I am here today with my favorite duo of authors, starting with Jamie Zachariah, author of Lavender Speculation, She, Her, Hers, and that book is out today. Hello, Jamie. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yes, happy birthday to your book. Thank you. Are you how are you feeling? Feeling excited, nervous? Um, all all of the above. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's been a long time coming, so it's it's nice to be like, it's here. It's yes. it's happening. <laughs> yes, hold it in your hand, wave it in people's faces. Totally. And here with us to talk about lavender speculation is Kara Battalamenti, author of Cursed Coven. She, her, hers as well. Kara, hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. If y'all missed it, I think three weeks ago, it's quick math. Yeah, three weeks ago, we did a double interview talking about Kara's book. We're back, baby. And today we're talking about lavender speculation. Woohoo! So you know what's coming next. Jamie has had to try to explain her own book to so many people. We're going to give her a break. Kara, would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about Lavender Speculation? Absolutely. You guys are in for a treat with this one. So Lavender Speculation is an anthology with a collection of short stories that range from fairy tale retellings to modern day spooky tales, but all of them are exquisitely written with dynamic characters and amazing queer representation. So if you're looking for something that will get you perfectly in the mood for Halloween and make you feel the whole spectrum of emotions along the way while walking away with a little bit of that spooky vibe, you're going to want to pick this one up. I promise. Hell yeah. Okay. I love that. I'm going to cry. That was so nice. (laughs) It's that good. (laughs) Jamie, anything to add? Just that. It's it's an eclectic mix and the mm-hmm. maybe I don't know. It's a lot of different genres in there and I don't expect everyone to love every story, but it's just like a peek inside my brain. So I apologize for that. Okay, well, no, first of all, never if you apologize. say yeah, if you say sorry again, I'm going to boot you off this call and it's going to be just me and Kara talking about how much we love your book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoops. And because it's so eclectic, I'll plug in. It it has something for everyone. If that's if exactly those... right. If you're not vibing with one of the stories, guess what? It's over already. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, there there you're is the something one. for everyone in there. I promise. And there's such a great variety of, um, like you mentioned, Kara's genre. You know, some retelling, some creepy sci-fi stuff, good old fashioned like zombie type situation, but also in style. You know, the one. Oh, my God. I'm, like, looking at the table of contents being, like, what are all of these? Even though I've read them all, like, a million times. <laughs> the one that's, like, from Chrono's point of view. Mm. Oh, consume. Consume. Okay. Okay. Cool. The rest of them, I'm, like, I know what all of these are. Okay. Consume. That makes sense. Um, That one is, like, so big. It, it's, like, literally, like, you're in the brain of a titan. 
And then some of them are just like, there's, you know, just like girls walking around, you know, like fighting zombies and stuff. So some of them are really actiony. Some of them are really sort of spacey. Some of them are, huh. You know, at the end, you're like, huh, that's something interesting to think about. Some of them at the end, you're like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so it's it's a little bit of up, a little bit of down. You know, it, I think that is what you need with horror type um, writing. Because if it's like scary, 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 scary. It's you get kind of fatigued, so you need a little bit of different, a, a variety. You know, some happy endings, some gentler stories, and then some really crazy sh- stuff as well. Jamie, I'm looking at the table of contents. As how many stories? Let me count: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Nineteen stories. So of course, if I was trying to remember them all, I would only remember like three of them. So I gotta have the table of contents in front of me. What is the oldest story in this book? The one you wrote first. So I think the first one I wrote was Comatose Beauty, and I I think Ooh. I wrote the first draft of that like in high school. Um, That's really cool. Which that's pretty it, good for a it's, high schooler. Um, well, it's first draft, right? Um, I sure. will say you can tell also because the love interest is a male. So I was just gonna ask about <laughs> that. It's the only like it's the only one where it's like huh, okay, because <laughs> the rest of them are either gay or don't. Yeah, don't have they're either gay or just about women not being in relationships. But that one was the first one. I've always been really into fairy tales, so I was. I don't even remember at this point where I got that idea, but the idea of um, a modern day sleeping beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's this girl who is in a coma. She is the comatose beauty and she's like her spirit or whatever is like seeing this guy visiting her in the hospital while she's unconscious. And she's kind of feeling like she's building a relationship, even though from his perspective, it, she's total. she doesn't even know he exists. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. That one has stuck with me probably. um, Even though like a few of my, the other stories um, are my like favorite. I would say that one I think about sometimes and I'm just like, wow, that one stuck with my brain. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I wanted to give her also, I mean, it's a short story, so there's not a lot to say without spoiling it, but I wanted to do the story, but also give the sleeping beauty a little bit more power than she gets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so which of these is maybe the newest one that you wrote? Hmm. Um, well, there. so a lot of them have been published before, but then there are some of them that are new. Um, I think maybe Bride in Shadows is the newest one or one of the newest ones. Um, and that has not been published anywhere uh, else. Okay, cool. So you wrote these stories over like a decade or more. Well, is that right? Uh, a few of most of them I wrote um, in COVID and onward. Um, okay. Yeah, but COVID was very fruitful for all of us. It would seem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, not to get too like dark, but I I was not in a great place as most of us weren't. I was also not in sure. a great relationship at the time, which is bad for me, but good for my writing because it helped me kind Relatable. of have all of this darkness. And I'm very happy that I was able to release that darkness on the page rather than in any other unhealthy ways. Um, but oh my god, the story yeah. eviscerate that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> oh yeah, 
So a lot, yes, I tend to have a lot of emotions. I don't, I'm a cancer sign. I have a lot of emotions. Oh yeah, me too. I forgot that we're both cancer signs. Happy late birthday is like four months late now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Pisces sun over here too. So all my cancer besties, I I feel you. Love that. Yeah. So you guys get it. You know, you just, you have a lot of emotions. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I've turned to writing as a way to express those in, you know, and I tend to make it really dark and that's not necessarily how it's feeling, but that makes a good story. Yeah. Yeah, I totally relate to that. I have this problem where I only write poetry about partners that I am having a bad time with. So, I, you know, I've been with my husband for like nine years and I he doesn't get any poetry. We're just happy, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I have like so much poetry, <laughs> really, really upset poetry from high school with all those partners that I was just deeply unsatisfied with. But when you're 16, you can't just dump someone. It's like, what if you're alone then? For a yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's interesting that you say that because it reminds me another story that might be newer than Bride in Shadows is um, my new gown, which is the only Ooh, yeah. one, the only one directly inspired by my my wife, um, and it's a positive one. So as I love her, but I can't write any dark stuff about her because she's perfect. That's lovely, though. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, an auspicious sign. <laughs> That's one where I like read it and I was like, whoa. And then I had to like go to the beginning and be like, I, I need a second take on this one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like it's it's like, what are we saying here? You ha- kind of have to read it twice, but you can because it's only like a page and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there, like we said, there's like so much different stuff going on in here. Uh, where do you get your ideas from? And if there's like 18 answers, tell us. <laughs> well, I've always been a fan of spooky things. I, I am a spooky person and I also love fairy tales. I. I'm very much like never just one genre. I also think that a lot of books are not just one genre. So I feel like I look at the world through a spooky, whimsical lens. So a lot of times I'll have an experience that's rather mundane, but I'll think like, what if this happened instead? So cat scratch fever. I went to a cat cafe and one of the cats was a little rough with me. So it made me think, well, what if? this was supernatural Mm -hmm. rather than just an annoying injury. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. Or the court, um, the Kruger. I did get lost in a corn maze. I clearly was not, you know, attacked by an urban legend, but I thought, (laughs) what if? Yeah. Okay. I, you said Kruger and I've been pronouncing it Krucker and I think your pronunciation is much spookier. <laughs> I honestly don't know how to pronounce it because it's Krucker's urban, like trucker. <laughs> it's only something I've ever read about. Um, it's not like a major urban legend, like the way the Jersey Devil is. So it's only something sure. I've ever read. So I don't know how anyone else says it. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Everyone write in. Tell us how you think it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> how did you choose... Where, what order to put your stories in? Because I remember you asking me early in our editing if I liked the order. And I was like, yeah, works. it worked for me when I read it through. So we, we, I don't think we changed anything. Uh, how did you decide what order to put the stories in? Um, I Googled how to know what order to put your oh, stories yeah. I in. Love, I love Google. You can Google anything. You can Google <laughs> how to be a better neighbor. You can Google... like. <laughs> Like I've Googled last night, I Googled how to do a book launch, even though I've been working in book marketing for like six or seven years. And I've facilitated a lot of book launches, but I was like, I'm just going to Google it, see what they say. (laughs) Yeah. So what I found out was it's generally you're supposed to put your two strongest 
um, as the you know front and back, and mm-hmm. generally the longest one goes at the end as well. And then for the ones in the middle, I kind of tried to stagger it between genres, so it wasn't like all the fairy tales yeah. and then all the horror. I wanted it to be like a little up and down, sure. like a playlist. Yeah, and you also don't want like you have a couple that are you know, three pages or less, and you probably want to space those out, too, with some of the longer ones. Yeah, so I really just tried to space it out. It worked for me. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> like, when you, I was like, oh, I guess that's something that I should have been thinking about, but I think the fact that I didn't notice means it's perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, which story, like, maybe let's start with Kara. Which story is your favorite? And let me know if you need me to start listing them. No, no, no. I, I know which one's my favorite, but I don't know the title. So you'll have to remind okay. me what the title is. But I honestly think that the, the first one is my favorite. It was the Witch such. Of the Woods. Yes, it was such a beautiful hook for the full like works. And also, I think it was the most atmospheric. Like I remember reading like the last paragraph of that very first story. And it legit gave me goosebumps. Like, I was, like, rubbing my arms afterwards, and I was like, this this shit's going to be good. I was like, this is a really amazing first story. So, yeah, that one is hands down my favorite. And you said, Jamie, in our episode with Kara, um, for Kara's bu- uh, pub day, you said that you are really into sort of the witchy history of like new england and so that witch of the woods is like deeply new england like puritan values yeah oh it's like as a woman i feel like you read stories like this and it just makes you uh, it's like oh don't tell me what to do don't tell me who to marry like (laughs) get away from me Yeah. yeah i actually did research for that book um at the time i was working in manhattan right across from the library so they have Ooh, like that's cool. They keep a lot of books like underground, I guess. Like, and you can request them, and then they come out in this like weird little. <gasps> I, I don't know how to say it, but it feels really cool to like go into the reference library and get a book. So I was literally taking notes about um, like life back then, but also the attitudes towards women, the attitudes to homosexuality, and so it felt mm. it felt really cool because I was researching, and it felt it, it was a really fun experience writing it. Yeah. yeah, and I, I could definitely feel, like, the, like, fire from that story really came through, which is why it was just the perfect opening story for this whole anthology. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, I have a couple other favorites, too, but that one just strikes—it it sticks out to me because it was the very first one, and it was such a home home run. Yeah. It was a winner. Thank you. Well, and it really— it really the to me another striking feature of it is just the juxtaposition of you Jamie a queer woman living your best life in STEM and being an author at the same time out here publishing stories about other queer women and like the juxtaposition to this life depicted in The Witch of the Woods and just how far we've come you know it's really beautiful you get to tell her story because mm-hmm. we've come so far not saying we're all the way there, but we have come so far. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, what story is your favorite? That's definitely one of my favorites. But I also, I love Cat Scratch Fever because mm-hmm. that was um, the first one that I, so the Comatose Beauty was my first one. But like I said, I started that in high school. So Cat Scratch Fever was the first one that I wrote really in my new era of writing with COVID. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the one about the cat cafe gone wrong. <laughs> yes. And um, I liked being able to try and mix horror and comedy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels very witchy autumn to me. So 
I like it. Yeah. That that was one of the ones that I think felt less fantastical than some of the others. Like, obviously, there's fantasy shenanigans happening. But for the most part, it's like, I feel like I know these people. You know yeah. what I mean? I think you do that really well in all of your more modern depicted, like, setting stories. Like, um, even the zombie brunch what's the the title of that one a killer brunch special <laughs> a killer brunch like that one is also stuck with me like i'll be randomly doing something and i'll just cackle about the ending line of that <laughs> oh my story God. i will just cat <laughs> randomly i'll just think about it and i'll just be like <laughs> that shit was hilarious it's a very good joke it's so funny um and it felt very very modern very real very um yeah just like in the moment so that's another one of my favorites and something I love about both of your books Kara you were talking a little bit in our episode on your pub day about how you were worried about how people would perceive your bitchy character like Mm -hmm. your bitchy character Delta you were worried about her perception and Jamie you have some bitches in here too and I think (laughs) that it, it just really goes to show that if you write many wonderful diverse women then it does then having a bitch is normal because some people are assholes Mm -hmm. and so like I think that it makes it so that you can kind of you feel better being like yeah to hell with her (laughs) when there's like so many other women to root for you know what I mean I'm trying to think about my favorite. It's really hard because I feel like, well, I have. I've read these all like 18 times. <laughs> um, the, the one that has stuck with me the longest, I do not think it's my favorite, but it's the most upsetting to me, is just called Orca. <laughs> uh, that one haunts me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I really like The Devil Down in Jersey. Um, it's mm. just this one woman who is camping and hiking by herself which is dangerous but she's doing a research project about not about the creature but about the lore of the jersey devil she's a scientist she i don't think she thinks it exists but like uh, does it i think maybe it does considering that this is a horror anthology (laughs) so i really liked that one especially because you told it a lot of the time through the lens of her doing her like video she's doing a video of it so she's telling you what's happening that's such an elegant way to do um exposition with because there's no other characters she can't talk Mm -hmm. to anybody so she's talking to the video and she's telling you what's going on I think that was just really elegantly done I agree that was beautiful play with perspective I could again skills you have I want so bad I'm like that's a perfect explanation of that playing with perspective Thank you. That was a fun one to write because, you know, growing up in South Jersey, I've always been obsessed with the Jersey Devil and the Pine Barrens is such a beautiful environment and very special. I did environmental lobbying for a long time. Um, so it's it's a culture and a lore and a habitat and everything that's really important to me. So I wanted to portray it correctly. And that's why it's like a little bit thick with with history and science. Mm-hmm. But that's just because. It. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel like it's definitely a peek into, like, your special interest. Like, you can tell, even if I didn't know you, I feel like you could tell that the author is particularly interested in the subject matter. So which character do you... I know that's a lot out of all of these, but which character do you identify the most with? So for me, and I hate saying this, but, like, a lot of it is semi-autobiographical. And um, that's hard, right? It's really hard yeah. to put all of this vulnerability 
um, onto the page and knowing people are going to read it and knowing people are going to know that that's something I went through. Maybe not with the fantasy elements, but mm-hmm. with the emotions. Mm-hmm. I've had I've had like my mom read certain stories and call me up and she, I had no idea this was going on, blah, blah, blah. But that's wow. also all me in the past. I'm in a, such a better mm-hmm. place now. So while, yes, I relate to so many of the characters, I'm also happy to say that I no longer relate to so many of the characters, if that makes okay. sense. Mm-hmm. They're past versions of you. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think for me, um, when it comes to, like, relatability and while I was reading it, I think probably the MC of the Cat Scratch Fever story, but also a little bit of the... MC in The Witch of the Woods, too, because I am in a cis heterosexual relationship, but I didn't identify until I was in my mid-20s that I was also likely on uh, some, you know, part of the queer spectrum. I've just never had the opportunity to explore that side of life because I've been with my current partner for 14 years. I think that exploration, that, like, mental just journey that the MC in that very first story, I think that's why it like struck me so hard is I was like, wow, this is like the mental journey was relatable. Obviously she had other, you know, physical experiences I did not, but um, it really stuck with me. So I'll say those two MCs. Nice. I kind of feel like I'm like any of the random bitches at Killer Bunch special. Like I'm one of the ones who gets zombied first. <laughs> okay, same though. I would not survive. Like a I love brunch. brunch. <laughs> no, and this I is would coming from a, not a, well. a pro brunch person. So don't worry. I'm all about brunch. Um. Although I would literally never eat beef tartare. That's not something I would order. And the fact that the whole table orders it, I'm like, y'all are freaks. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I don't know what it. I'm a vegan, so I don't exactly know what it is. Oh, you don't need <laughs> but, to know. <laughs> but I kind of wanted to go for something that, like, personally, I wouldn't eat. And then the main character, who is a little bit of a reflection of me, wouldn't eat. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I yeah. came up with. I mean, and yep. it's definitely something that could be zombified. You mm-hmm. know, mad cow disease and whatnot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So... Maybe you have already mentioned this, if I'm if I'm guessing correctly. Which one of these stories has been edited the most since its original form? Ooh, um, I think we went through a lot of editing with a necessary procedure with um, mm-hmm. yourself and myself and Mary Payton, who has been absolutely excellent to work with as well. Mm-hmm. I think that was a um, exercise for me in show not tell. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's hard because a lot of it is just kind of like sitting there thinking about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is hard to figure out how are we going to do this elegantly. But mm-hmm. that's another one of the stories that kind of really stuck with me. After I'm like, mm-hmm. God, because you get there's no con, there's so little context to their their relationship, and it's about this girl making a choice to sort of have some procedure done with her brain that will make her more happy with her relationship. And it's, like, just mind-boggling thinking about what would drive someone to that. The thing is, is it's, like, it's portrayed in such a way that just makes it so relatable. Mm -hmm. Like, I actually believed that, like, I could also end up in that, you know, office thinking these same thoughts. And I was, like, how haunting is that? 
Because mm-hmm. outside of the scope of reading that story, if you were to ask me that question point blank, I'd be like, no, no way, never. <laughs> but I think that, again, just speaks to your ability to be able to summon so many emotions so fast, like at the, you know, the tip of a hat, you're able to get your reader to feel things mm-hmm. with just so few words. And that, I again, just beautifully done. Read these stories, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, maybe after the book comes out, we can do a poll of its preliminary readers and figure out like who relates to what characters. And yeah, they, you know what is the most bonkers story in here, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> What's the main message you hope readers take away from your stories? It's hard because anthologies are really a totally different beast. You know, it's like what's the one thing that you want them to get from all nineteen stories? Don't be afraid to go dark sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't define you and you don't have to stay dark. But if you're feeling dark, it's okay to embrace it and to let it out in an appropriately healthy way. For me, is writing. Yeah. Then you can move on from it because, you know, it's something a therapist told me once was if you shut out the emotion, it's just going to be there still. You have to allow yourself to feel it and work through it. And then you can actually move on from it. And I think for me, writing these stories does that. And I hope that other people can can feel that kind of catharsis through it. Yeah, like, you know, some of the stories that we've mentioned as being extra creepy, extra lingery. It's like, that's really upsetting. And then it's like, yeah, it is. And then you kind of just move on to the next story. You know, you just sit in that uncomfortable feeling for a minute and then move on. Kara, what is the main message you got from Lavender Speculation? <laughs> I, I think your main goal really, really shines through. Um, you were saying it, and I was immediately, like, snapping my yeah, fingers. because your book yes, has that too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think also what I took away from is, again, a, a, wee, a wee bit similar to mine, too, is this, um, you know, yearning towards self-acceptance, too. Like, you're you're always going to end up, a little bit more on top of yourself whenever you're you're learning how to respect who you are, mm-hmm. um, even if who you are is a little bit dark and twisty. So, yeah, no, I think um, a little bit of what you said and also just self-acceptance, too. I love that. I love that so much. All right. It's time for the wild round where I have just a couple random questions about random things. And I would love to hear both of y'all's answers. Jamie, what is your favorite animal? An orca whale. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> shocker. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> wow, it's extra funny that you said shocker because that story starts with a live wire. Oh. <laughs> uh, Kara, what about you? Favorite animal? Dolphin. Water Dolphin. sign through and through. I yes, love my water, water ma- my water mammals. Yes. Um, I just really like brown bears i just want to cuddle them like i love them so much i love a bear it's like the best parts of being a dog and a cat and a human sometimes (laughs) they can like walk on two legs like i love bears and there is a bear in the book too Mm -hmm. oh yeah yep Mm -hmm. a nice bear (laughs) yes a nice bear (laughs) what does your perfect pizza look like vegan cheese jersey grown tomato sauce and i like caramelized onions that's a mm. very specific pizza, and I respect that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I always go with um, 
a deluxe. So whatever, if that has like just one, like one meat topping, like sausage or pepperoni, and then just a bunch of veggies. Yeah. That's my, that's my winner. I'll eat literally any pizza in any condition. I love pizza so much, but, but my favorite is pepperoni, peppers, onions. Mm. Classic. What's your favorite way to move your body? Like what's your favorite way to get outside or get some physical activity? I water sign again. I love being in the ocean. I love swimming in any body of water, but I love the ocean. I love being at the beach. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, mine used to be yoga. Um, but home yoga is very difficult to motivate myself to do. And unfortunately I haven't found a yoga studio around me that I'm like super in love with. When I was in Boston, I was so in love with my uh, neighborhood yoga studio that I used to go like six out of seven days a week, every week. I was super, super yogi. But now without that, I'm just, uh, listening to audiobooks and walking around my neighborhood girly. I love my current neighborhood. So I am always out walking around the park, which is just right down there. Awesome. I live right next to a park too. And it's what a wonderful privilege yeah know? it's a life changer like I love it and thankfully we're we have a very eclectic neighborhood here in South St. Louis City so we have a lot of neighbors that are like grandparents so they have like their grandkids over a lot and then we also have a lot of really young families in the neighborhood and so that park is just constantly full of laughter and chatter and people you know together for family reunions and it's just it, there's never a dull moment in the park and I love that I love that I love that vibe I, too, love being in the ocean, although it's not always the most practical method of moving my body. So I also love, love a Zumba class. Mm, Dancing with the girls, sometimes somebody who's not a girl, but usually just like a lot of (laughs) girls. And it's so fun. And I also recently picked up weightlifting, which, Mm, yeah, I'm in my strong girl era. I want to be able to carry my husband, you know, just in general. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be like, Lu- what's her name? Louisa from Encanto, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly jealous. I am one of those people that cannot stand the feeling of being sore. So like having sore oh. muscles and the buildup of lactic acid. Like it's it's kind of like nails on a chalkboard for me. That is so, so funny. It's one of my favorite feelings. No, I, it, it literally <laughs> makes me cringe. Like, I, And it sucks because like I, I wish I could be healthier, but like it's, it's like a sensory issue for me, which is severely unfortunate (laughs) I get it it's like it's like really hard to make yourself be like I'm gonna do this hard annoying thing today so that I can feel bad tomorrow (laughs) it's it's hard yeah and if aliens were looking down they'd be like what on earth (laughs) (laughs) what is your favorite fairy tale you can go like Disney pretty version or you can go like OG like horrifying version if that's your jam that's a really good question I think my favorite has always been Snow White and Rose Red. Um, I remember being a kid, uh, my sister and I would get, there was, at our library, there was like multiple versions of it. So we would take all the books at once and then just read them all and look at the similarities and the differences. But Whoa, also that's so cool. because my sister and I were close in age, we were like, it's them, they're sisters in the forest and we're sisters, not in a forest maybe, but yeah, I like that very <laughs> tall. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, it's Rumpelstiltskin. Cool. That was one that just like captured my attention as a kid. And it's a creepy one too. So yeah, yeah. I really like yeah. that one. My favorite is probably Mulan. The Disney movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. And the original fairy tale is just like very funny. It has some quirks. 
Like, you know, in the Disney movie, Mulan falling in love with the general um, who's a total hottie. What's his name? I kind of Chang. Chen. Chang. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in like the original myth, they don't fall in love because Mulan stays in the army for like a decade or more. And, it, and she has like these two guys that she travels with. And one of them is always like, man, if this if my boy here wasn't a boy, I would totally marry him. He's super hot, right, guys? And he's just, like, always bringing it up. And I'm like, come on, gay. Like, come on. What are we doing here? <laughs> it's just so yeah. funny. What book do you think everybody should read? Obviously, different tastes, different strokes, different folks. But what book do you think people need to read? Oof. This is a hard question. I know. Other than your books, of course. <laughs> yeah. Mine's really specific, actually, strangely, to my day job. And I just, it, like, immediately popped in my head. And I was like, why do I feel that way? And then I was just like, well, think of a different one for a different reason. And I, like, just didn't want to. And I was like, okay, well, then this this one, I'm, I must really feel strongly about this one. <laughs> so, um, oh, and I'm going to forget the author's name. But, um, well, maybe you can include that in the, the yes. bio of the... Um, podcast, but the name of the the book is called Five Feet Apart, and it's a young adult romance story about two um, teenagers with cystic fibrosis. And um, for my day job, I work in genetics and with people with genetic conditions or genetic syndromes. And it's um, a story which is very valid and backed by the science of it that um, is not advised for two people with cystic fibrosis to date because they have an increased risk for bacterial infection and their bacterial infections can be life-threatening and they can share them very easily if you are intimate with a person who's infected. And it, to this day, is like, that's a book that I recommend to anybody who's just getting into reading, somebody who has been reading for a long time. I'll recommend it to any person of any age range, any gender. It's absolutely haunting in a not spooky way Um, like it's a story that will stick with me and it's also a really really true and honest look into the lives that children with chronic medical conditions like cystic fibrosis and other genetic syndromes it gives you a real real look into like what their day-to-day lives are like living chronically within a hospital setting so yeah that's the one I recommend and the romance just so well done and the author is Fantastic. So that book was actually co-written by two different authors. It looks like there's three. I was going to say, oh, three? no, no okay. wonder you can't remember the author's name, because it looks like it's Mickey Daughtry, Rachel Lippincott, and Tobias Iaconis. Okay, that sounds right. So Rachel Lippincott is an author that is my autobi. She's my okay. autobi author. I read anything by her. She is a flawless author with queer fiction, sapphic queer fiction, and All of her sapphic romances are 10 out of 10s, totally out of the park. I mean, she's written so many. She actually, I think, just had one drop this past Tuesday um, about a girl who gets, like, yeeted into, um, like, way into the past. I think it it might be, like, the 1700s or something and um, falls in love with a girl in the past, but she's, like, from the future, so she has to, like, describe what her experiences were like and things. Anyways... She is an amazing author. Auto buy, but five cool. feet apart is something really special. Okay, and the cover is beautiful. And really they have stunning. a yeah, they have a moody movie adaptation of it too, and it's one of my all time like book to film adaptations. Like they really did it well. Cool, something to watch when the strikes are over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jamie, you've had a while to think. 
You got, your, you got your one book wreck. It's really hard. It's way this easier is a to really say hard what question. book no one should read than it is to say what book everyone should read. <laughs> yeah. No, this is a really hard question. I think I could go different ways, right? Part of me wants to say The Future of Life by E.O. Wilson, who is a was, he passed away not that long ago, a conservationist. And um, it's a reminder of what's going on on our planet, but with a positive, this is why we need to save biodiversity mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it was really influential to me. But if we're talking more literature, I think I have to go with uh, Romeo and Juliet because not only wow. is Shakespeare writing just famous for a reason, but yeah. the story is so relatable and there's so many human emotions in it that everybody can relate to no matter what. And it's just one of my favorites. And I just think anyone who hasn't read it is missing out. Yeah. Okay. That's I, I'm really surprised to hear Romeo and Juliet, but I love it. I mean, Shakespeare is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And his writing is so elegant. Um, cool. Awesome. Oh, I think my answer would have to be Ishmael by Daniel Quinn, which is a book that f- helps the reader frame humans as like not the protagonist. You know what I mean? It's just, it's mostly just like a conversation between two characters. And like, for example, the one character asks the human, tell me the myth your create the human creation myth and the guy is like uh it's not a myth this is what literally happened and they're like okay well tell me tell me your myth the human creation myth and it's like okay well you know they came out of the water you know and then we became mammals and then primates and then you know we, we all, all of those attempts at hominids and then we got to humankind and then now humans and the it's like a gorilla, but it doesn't matter. The, the guy's like, see, that's a myth. The myth is, your myth is that humans are the answer, right? It's like, it's about just like getting like a bigger look at the world and humans role as like part of it and not in charge of it, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a really important frame of reference or frame of mind shift for people to kind of have in there as they move through the world, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds great. Do we have any other like spooky books that are kind of like Lavender Speculation to recommend? Maybe short stories, maybe not short stories. Yeah, um, I am going to have to look up the name and I can send it to Christina. But I think um, it comes out in early October. But there is a Dark Academia anthology coming out with a bunch of traditionally published authors and some of my favorites are in there so like olivia blake um wrote a short story for that anthology and also um an author that i just recently read her debut work um her name is uh, kelly andrews i believe um and she wrote the whispering dark which was really spooky paranormal romance and anyway so some really good authors uh for that spooky halloween-esque anthology um so i'll again look up the the title and send it to you Okay, hell yeah. Jamie, any recs? Um, yes, I'm going to recommend a book that affected me a lot in a good way. It's called She Said Destroy by Nadia Bulkin, and it's a collection. It's an anthology. And um, Nadia Bulkin is an amazing writer, and I actually had the privilege of interviewing her for a, a nonfiction interview piece that I wrote, and she really just has inspired me so much. She even agreed to read my book and give it a little bit of a blurb recommendation, which was Oh, yeah, I was like, why does the, that name sound yeah. familiar? <laughs> and it was like the biggest honor for me to have someone that I so admired read my work. But I just, I really wish everybody would read that collection. It's called She Said Destroy. Cool. I mean, great title. 
Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll recommend The Dangers of Smoking in Bed by Mariana Enriquez. Um, they're Latin American short stories. I think that they're all set in Argentina, if I'm remembering correctly. So um, it's like, I, I, if, if I remember correctly, it's like all women focused. Um, there's a lot of like religious iconography, creepiness going on. Um, very haunting. I think more like spooky, scary than like mind scary. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, that is a horror anthology that I've read recently that I really enjoyed. I have that one on my bookshelf, actually. I'm going to go take it oh, down awesome. right after this. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Jamie, what's next? What is your next project or your life project? What what do you got going on the horizon? Asking as a friend and, you know, as your publisher. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, I have been writing some more short stories and trying to find homes for them. Um, Not with a lot of luck, but I think we previously discussed this as a short story writer. You get a lot of rejections. You get used to it. Um, So I'm doing that. But I also want to try my hand at long form writing. So it's hard. It's hard for me. And I, Carol will probably be coming to you with a lot of questions because I so admire your ability to create these like long stories that actually successfully have plots and character development. But I, I'm going to try my hand at some of them. Awesome. We'll see. That sounds great. I'd love to be here for you. I can't promise that I'm always going to have the very best advice, but I'm here <laughs> to help if, if, you, if you need me. My main recommendation, at least in my experience, moving from short form to long form is I feel like sometimes a short story is like fully formed in your head and and you get it down and you kind of refine it a little bit. But I think long form way more so you have to just be comfortable getting it on the paper, even if it's bad, (laughs) like just like dump it out because then you can edit and edit and refine, send to beta readers, send to your editor and let it kind of take shape from the garbage pile it started as. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. I have to learn how to, that it's a process, you know, it's not just me sitting down and like getting out a story that it's, yeah. it's a way different type of writing, but I'm, you know, it's fun. It's a fun experiment for me. Yeah. Well, that's a good, I have a book coming out in January about publishing. It's called Indie Book Publishing from Start to Finish. Um, we've been calling it NDB around the office because it's kind of a mouthful, but um. My, the very first thing I say in that book is if you finished drafting your first draft yesterday, today is not the day to get published. It's totally a process. If you write your book and you don't look back, you're, it's not getting published. You got to keep going back, keep finding what you missed, keep finding ways to strengthen it until you're like, yeah, yeah, I would read this <laughs> even mm-hmm. if I hadn't written it. <laughs> That's great advice. Thank you. And I'll warn you that that like editing process does, um, at least for me with the first book, which again, the, the first draft was rough, let me tell you. But um, editing it come, you know, it, it doesn't always bring along the like happiest of emotions because you're really, really critically analyzing, you know, your your own words and your perception of them and other people's perception and yeah it's it's a it's a really emotionally kind of strenuous process but whenever you do put in all that hard work and kind of battle through those not so happy emotions um the pride that you feel with the finished product is pretty um pretty immense so yeah there's no there's no like greater humility making not humiliating but humility making Mm -hmm. what's the word for that Humbling. Humbling. There's nothing more humbling 
then getting your manuscript back from an editor and there's a comment that's like, what are you, what is, what is this? What do you mean? And you don't remember. <laughs> You're like, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> delete, yeah. delete, delete, delete. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Jamie, happy freaking pub day. We are so Thank excited you. that lavender speculation is finally being unleashed on the readership of the world. <laughs> And I'm so excited and so grateful to Wilding Press for giving me this opportunity and to Kara for being my publishing partner and getting to read your book before everyone else does. I think that I just think that, that our books coming out within a month of each other is just so wonderful. And I'm just so proud of everything that our whole team has done. Me too. Yay me us too. guys. Yes. I'm so glad y'all are friends. And it is really something that y'all's book because we... Right when we signed on your books, we si- we signed on probably, you know, maybe like eight books within like a two month window. And we don't none of them are coming out for another year or so. So I think it's really incredible that I mean, it, it really goes to show how dedicated y'all are, how quickly you worked. You know, this was just kind of meant to be the purple books, book mm-hmm. friends coming out <laughs> in the fall. And I just. Everyone I know for Christmas is going to get these two books. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks to the both of you. Everyone, go buy Lavender Speculation, available print and ebook today. The links are in the show notes. Go support us, support Jamie, and uh, we'll see you next week. And that's how you book. This episode was edited by me, Christina Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Our theme music was produced by Jason Hilton. Visit us online at Wildling Press on social media or at wildlingpress.com.